Why do fireflies die so soon? Well, you know, we're going to go ahead and unpack that and a lot more as we take a somber trip back to the end of World War II as we talk about Grave of the Fireflies this week on Shonen and Suds. Cody, I didn't have it in me to do the the, the fucking high, the high, high pitch one, man. This was, boy, this has been a tough week on Shonen and Suds. My God, man. How yeah. are you? <laughs> uh, me personally, I'm good. Um, but after watching this film, it is, it, it's a tough watch, Chris. It's, uh, it definitely dampers your mood. Um, man, but, buzz kill city. 100%. But it is a great film. Um, and I'm excited to get into it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And of course, like I said, welcome back to episode 28 of Shonen and Suds. I'm your host, Chris Adams. And I'm Cody Snodgrass. And like we said, we're t- talking about the Ghibli film Grave of the Fireflies. And Cody, you know, like we said, you know, I I, I want to dive into this, but um, you know, we we've actually got a lot of stuff to talk about on this one. Not just the anime, but um, you know, since this takes place in World War II, I've got some like World War II facts and things to kind of throw in there to kind of give the movie a little more context. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, we, we we can't talk about that stuff on a you know on an empty stomach. So Cody, I need to know. What are you drinking? Mmm. Well, Chris, today we're going on to flavor number two of the Bud Light Lemonade Seltzer Pack. Ooh, love that. We have the Strawberry Lemonade, um, which is fantastic. I think it's great. Um, I still think that the Trulies have them beaten. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just did it first, I think, and uh, mm-hmm. they just did it properly. And, you know, Bud Lights are good, but, uh, you know, this one I, I got to tip my hat to the Trulies, so... Expect ex- the truly. expect the truly lemonade review sometime down the road. Uh, oh man, I can't wait! How many flavors are in this pack, Cody? There are four flavors, Chris. You got oh sh- man, that'll get us through an entire month. That's right. We got. I, I covered the peach uh, like two mm. weeks ago, yeah. and then there's regular lemonade, strawberry lemonade, and I believe it's black cherry. Mmm. Um. So, all, all the flavors you'd want, right? Um, <laughs> How wonderful. That's right. But, uh, Chris, what about you? What are you drinking to get us through this movie? Man, I had to break the hard stuff out this week, Cody. I've got my glass here, and I'm going to pour myself two fingers of Buffalo Trace. Yeah, I figured you were going to break out some some, some hard liquor this week. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, Cody. I First of all, first of all Buffalo Trace is one of my favorite bourbons, uh, if, it, if not my favorite on planet earth it's made by the same distillery that does blanton's um two very very quality uh bourbon so if you ever want to treat you uh, and i put uh buffalo trace on the same level as like a maker's mark so a mid upper tier uh for those who you know are maybe more con- they're more connoisseurs of whiskey um but it has a very attractive price point usually a liter bottle is like 30 35 bucks around that ballpark um so a little pricier. It's not. I mean, we're not talking. This ain't no gentleman Jack over here. But uh, <laughs> completely worth it if you want to splurge on a really, really good bottle of whiskey without you know really breaking the bank. And it's. It's. I mean, I drink it straight up. I don't put any ice in it or anything. Just right down the gullet. And I need. <laughs> and I need that for this. That's right, Chris. But, and uh, I don't know about you, but I guess we're ready to to hop on the somber train. And... Right. So let's. Before we dive into the movie, let's kind of do a quick tale of the tape here. Um, so, Grave of the Fireflies uh, was released in 1988 uh, by Studio Ghibli, and it's a um, it's a it's, it's a war film. It is a World War II 
film. It takes place um, pretty much if, if you're really, when you look get down to it, because I actually just watched this movie before we did the cast, um, just to kind of get timelines right. It really, like, just from what I'm gathering, it takes place, like, in the last six months of World War II. Um, and you, you get that through slight context clues uh, throughout the movie. Um, but the movie was released on April 16th, 1988. Um, pretty okay at the box office. Hit right around 1.7 uh, billion yen, which is like, uh, I want to say that's what. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have my conversion in front of me, but it did uh, 1.7 billion in Japan, and it looks like it um, did about 516,000, about 500,000 here in the U.S. Or I guess that's what converts out to. Again, I don't know my currency conversions uh, like I should. Oh, that's all right. <clears throat> but yeah. what was really cool about it, it was when it was released, and we talked about this in the Totoro episode, that, like you reminded me, um, this was actually paired with My Neighbor Totoro, which makes so much more sense, you know, when you think about it, because and we kind of mentioned this before, Totoro's a fun, lighthearted, whimsical adventure. This is the 100% polar opposite of that. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was. It's neat that they released them together. But man, I would. I I don't know what the order was on on the films. I don't know if you watched Grave of the Fireflies oh. and then you watched oh, Totoro to bring you up before you left, or if it was if you left in tears. I don't know. I I don't know. I I don't know. And I I have to imagine that you have to lead with Totoro. Like you have to keep the people in their seats. Okay. Yeah. I, the, like to me that's what makes sense to me right you start with the lighthearted you start with the you know you start with the appetizer then you like make sure they finish their veggies before they leave yeah 100 percent. that's a that's a good way to put it <laughs> oh man you have to but uh the, apparently this this movie is actually based on a book uh it's based on a um i don't it's not an autobiography but a story by uh, from the 1960s by um i'm gonna butcher his name and i apologize uh akiyuki uh, nosaka apparently this is based on, uh, it, it's I guess it's an autobiography. It's based on his growing up uh, during the bombing raids, um, and he says that this vehicle, this vehicle, this uh, this book is like an apology to his sister that died of starvation. So there's already some like deep rooted feels yeah, before wow. we even get to the movie, and the, and the anime is based on that book from the '60s. I'd actually like to read it. So apparently, it's a very it's a very short story. Um, yeah, I actually had no idea and, <clears throat> until I'm looking mm -hmm. at this page now with some information. It says it's like a semi autobiographical biographical, excuse me, short story of the same name. Okay, mm -hmm. that's crazy though. It, it, the like. <clears throat> that that actually happened to his sister and like yeah definitely now the feels are going to hit even harder so uh... absolutely and that, that's funny you said that um so you know let's kind of give this movie a little bit of context um and then we'll just kind of dive right into it so the movie takes place in um in kobe which i don't know what it is now but at the time it was one of the larger cities in japan like six or seven like five like around that ballpark um it's like right up there with like osaka and tokyo but not quite as big as those um this whole movie takes place in that city um and near the, near the end of the war like around we're talking 1945 here um there were a lot of air raids and fire bombings in a lot of the cities in japan and kobe uh, kobe i called you kobe but cody the reason that is is because 
the cities in Japan were extremely susceptible to this kind of attack because most of the buildings, most of the residents, a lot of like the factory were made of wood. Most of their architecture was wood. So what's the, so like it was just super easy to drop some bombs and just watch an entire city just go up in flames. Um, and just to, to kind of put it in context, again, Germany so Germany surrendered in May of four, uh, like May seventh, nineteen forty five. The movie opens with the main character saying that today is September twenty first, nineteen forty five, and this is the day that I died. Um, so we're looking right here at the end of the war, and for those who know World War Two, Germany surrendered, but Japan continued to fight um, because they had this kind of. I guess the empire was like, we're going to fight till the last able-bodied person will stand. Um, it took not only these firebombs across all of their cities, which took place, and again, we'll, as we go through the movie, we'll kind of talk about like the timeline here that I was kind of able to deduce, um, which makes sense, and I'm pretty sure other people have been able to deduce the exact same timeline just from, again, context clues. Um, Japan finally surrendered after the second atomic bomb, which I think was... Was it Hiroshima on April, on April August seventh, nineteen forty-five? So we've got pretty much Japan pretty much fought for the entire summer. Mm -hmm. um, meanwhile, uh, to kind of put the movie into more context, like the the economy in these cities was in shambles. Pete, like we're talking upwards to like a million homeless, like over like hundreds of thousands of people dead, um, and the, and these are happening. These raids are happening constantly, and the frequency increased to try to end the war faster. Um, so with that being said, Cody, let's go ahead and dive right in. And like I said, it opens uh, on a scene inside of a, a train station, and we get the uh, the main character who is um, Seta uh, Yokokawa. Uh, we kind of get him narrating what's going on, and we're dropped. If you were expecting um you know a real happy story again we can't say this enough this movie is a very 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 hard watch like i said i watched it today and i was in tears i get in i get choked up every time i watch this movie and i don't and that's not bullshit this is a very very hard movie to watch from start to finish because like i said cody it opens up and he says on september 21st 1945 this is the day that i died yeah, definitely. You, you, it really sets the tone <clears throat> as soon as it starts up. Um, and basically, we, we see this young boy who is Seta, of course, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And he's obviously he's very thin, um, and he basically dies there on the train station floor of starvation. Mm -hmm. um, and yep. basically, as he's giving out like his dying breath, he says Setsuko, which um, we later find out is his sister. Mm -hmm. Um and then, like, we see, like, a little scene where, like, a janitor comes through and he kind of is, like, he's basically like, oh, there's another dead one over here. That's, like, a bunch of homeless, almost, like, children and, like. Yeah, and a lot of dead bodies just there, like, people who were just displaced. Just yeah. there. Yeah. Mean, there's really, there's nowhere else for them to go. Yeah, and, like, the people walking around are, like, calling them bums and stuff like that. But, like, mm -hmm. then we kind of see, like, that we obviously flash back um, and kind of see, like, how we got here. Um, but before we go to that. The janitor comes up and he's like digging through some of the stuff on like Seta's body, and he finds this candy tin. Which, uh, by the way, that 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 already again that continues to set the mood. It's like we're just we're just pilfering, you know, we're just plundering the dead bodies in this train station to see if we can find anything of value. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's this candy tin. We'll see it quite a bit throughout the movie. Um, and the guy ends up like just chucking it out into like the the field uh, outside of the train station, and then we kind of see like. I've already poured my third shot of it. <laughs> it's it's that kind of movie. We see a Setsuko Setsuko, which is his Seita's younger sister, and it's like her spirit essentially. Um, and we see like like fireflies kind of flying around. Um, it's basically it seems like like it's, it's just they're 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 those two spirits are now like joined together, um, and it's almost like not they're not quite narrating the film but they they're like they're what like re-watching like their the their, events their last few months this. of their lives yeah um <clears throat> but yeah then we then we take we take it all the way back to uh it's still near the end of world war ii um and this yeah, is i i think i'm glad i didn't mean to cut you off there no, i good. think just from what i've pieced together and because of where it's at this movie has to start in like february or march and the reason i say that is because the fire bombings didn't, or did, and all the raids didn't start, or the air raids didn't start until they they did like experimental ones just to see kind of how effective this carpet bombing strategy would be. They started that like in February, but it was like the middle of March when they really started organizing these multi bomber, big sweeping we need to end this war type air raids. Um, now, so, a, some of them were done in the day, like the more, like what they would call precision um, air raids, where they were looking for like specific targets. A lot of those were done during the day, um, but a lot, but they weren't accurate um, or they weren't as accurate. So they kind of switched to this night. Uh, and by the way, um, B-29s are the big, air fortress bombers like you see in every war movie um they fly at really high altitude so the reason these were effective is a lot of japanese weaponry um just wasn't up it just wasn't up to par it was they were just completely outclassed a lot of their anti-air guns could not reach those high altitudes um their fighters just weren't as good um because these things these ships were heavily armored and it it would just take so much to knock one of those out of the sky. So eventually what happened was the pilots eventually started just kamikazing into the side of these ships. So like that's, that's how desperate they were getting. And then of course everybody, you know, if you know, world war two, you know, like kamikaze was just, was, was a very, it was a viable strategy because it clearly was not, but it's, it's a tactic that they employed quite a bit more so coming down the home stretch. Cause it goes back to that fight till, the last man standing kind of thing. But so I reason I said that was to say this was that this, the, the reason I think these are the beginning raids is because this, this one actually takes place during the daytime. And we start to see in later scenes of the movie, some of these nighttime raids that take place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we kind of pick up um, with Setsuko and Saita and their mother at their home. And they're basically just kind of really getting their house together, like securing it, um, Mm-hmm. their mom she she also suffers from like this heart condition um and she's basically on her way to the shelter i guess she i don't know if she's just helping out or really what the deal is um but she basically is saita is in charge of his little sister setsuko and he kind of they they kind of make a makeshift like it's like a hole in the ground where they store like some some food that'll stay good you know just in case like their home gets destroyed um, yep and by the way 
bomb shelters were not they didn't just have them everywhere um they were like japan was very ill prepared for this type of this type of assault not to go back to the to cut off to go back to the history section of it like and we and the u.s wasn't even able to do this until they kind of fought their way through the pacific like a lot of these air raids didn't start until um I want to say till we got through like the Philippines um, and capture and had some forward bases out there in the Philippines, which made this a lot more effective. But that's kind of bare bones. There was a lot more going on, but like these cities were not prepared for this type of this this constant bombardment. Yeah, and we even we even see some of the like the different like shelters, quote unquote, that they are. Like mm-hmm. some of them are just big holes in the ground where people are just piling up to like. Oh yeah try to stay safe but it's like it's just an open hole on the ground like there's no mm-hmm. and then there's some that are like like almost like dug out like tunnels and like they're hiding in like sewers basically anywhere that you can get away from this they're they're trying um and we see that pretty much immediately because our our these two kids are caught off guard by a batch of bombs being dropped basically right on their street yep um and so they basically head off they're running away from this and um they kind of hear, I want to say it's like a, a guy rides by like on a bike with like a megaphone or something. And he's basically mm-hmm. like telling people, hey, if you're in need of medical attention, head to the school. Um, yep. Which they've kind of turned into like this makeshift hospital. Um, mm-hmm. And while they're waiting in line to get into the hospital, or into the school, I'm sorry. Um, this woman comes over and kind of grabs Seta and she's like, hey, have you seen your mother? And he's like, no. And it's like, well, she's been hurt. Um you need to go inside. I'll stay with your sister. Uh, and this is really one of the, the the first of many like tough scenes to watch because oh yeah, mom is she is not in a good space. Yeah, she's she burnt. Yeah, up. she she is burnt real bad. I mean, just covered head to toe in bandages, and like it's very like even for like an it's anime, graphic. it's very graphic. And I I don't mean like graphic as in like. Like like Castlevania, like where like it's, it, this is like, like bad. The, like like the blood soaking through the bandages, you can see like her her lips are blistered up and swollen. Her eyes are like blistered up, swollen, and like she's dying. She is dying from these these burns all over her body. Yeah, and um, one of the gentlemen that's like like attempting to caretake for her, uh, he gives he gives Sata like her ring, and. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, <clears throat> like that's really the the most we see of of their mother. Um, she's gonna yeah, she's she dead. she ends up dying of these wounds. Um, and what makes it worse, dude? And I can't remember. I, I'm trying to remember if this was like right after when they show her again. She's got like maggots and flies all over her body. Just yeah. from just oh my god, dude. Yeah, it's like when they're taking her to like another hospital. Um, mm-hmm. Which she later like I think she dies in in transit. Um, mm-hmm. And they they kind of like flash over to that later on, but basically, um, Saito chooses not to tell Setsuko, um, just to prevent her from being upset. Uh, oh, man, and, and that's something that we see a lot of in this whole movie, man. Just like it, it's it's hard to describe unless you've seen it. Just how like their their interactions, just their dialogue with each other in the context of what's going on. It's just. It makes it so fucking hard to watch. 
because like she doesn't know what's the, the, she's a young child who doesn't like where's their mom she she wants her mom she wants to know where her mom's at um you know and like the first time you see her talk when she's like i have money i can help and she like opens up her little pocketbook and it's like little like marbles and buttons and maybe like seven cents you know what i mean yeah yeah it's definitely Fuck, tough man it's and these are two kids that have like when they come up to the school like they get to see like the horizon of their town and it is just completely destroyed oh yeah like these these bombings were very very effective again because a lot of these buildings were made out of wood and the fire just spread so quickly yeah and so now they basically have nowhere else to live um so they stayed that night at the school and then they head off to live with their aunt um oh this bitch uh, yeah this bitch chris um i don't even think they have i don't think she actually has a name we like we don't hear her name and um Mm -hmm. which i mean she is just the absolute worst human in Mm -hmm. anime television movies i don't care what you've watched this is the most vile person (laughs) like uh, she has like this misplaced sense of like duty um like i mean these kids just lost their mother and she's like y'all are just a bunch of bums you know my husband and my daughter are out fighting you know they're they're out there doing the best for for the empire and for us and you know and it's just like you know we're in a, we're in the middle of a war we got we got to you know we got to you know fight the good fight and it's just like god damn like these are literal kids <laughs> yeah um and yeah so they're sent off to live with her um and they write letters to their father uh, and their father is a uh, captain. He's a captain in the Imperial uh, Navy. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, like, oh. at, at, while they're living there, Seita ends up making his way back over to, like, uh, like the ground, like the, what do, what do I try and call this? It's basically well, like. I guess we can call it ground zero, really. Yeah. Well, I meant, like, what would you call, like, his storage where they hid the food underground? Oh, oh, just his little uh, his little shelter area. Yeah, like, they, they basically stored some supplies and, like, food, and, like, that's where the fruit drops canister comes from. Um, it's just, like, supplies where if there, something went wrong, he knew he could go back there and get these supplies, and so he goes mm-hmm. back and gets all that, and um, basically brings it back to his aunt, and... God, Chris, I just, I just can't stand her voice. I can't stand her at all. Uh, but basically, they, like, they, they use this food to kind of basically survive for the next couple of days couple of weeks whatever it whatever the timeline adds up to here uh, but he he hides the small tin of, of fruit drops for him and his sister um and we, we kind of see that as like a reoccurring thing um they kind of help him calm setsuko down because uh, she she's obviously like young so she like a kid's gonna cry like for no reason sometimes and <laughs> when your home's destroyed and your mother's missing and your dad's gone like you can understand like why like this young girl is having these emotions so like he kind of uses these like fruit drops as a just a way to kind of calm her down like give her a piece of candy basically um yeah and we actually see throughout like the early part of this movie when she's upset he he clearly goes out of his way like he does like the big brother stuff right like he just goes like hey look look what i'm doing look at my trick look at this look at that like trying to cheer her up but like it it just sucks man like I, I the thing that really got me the first well the second part that really gets me is when uh the aunt's like oh these are your mom's belongings let's go ahead and sell them so we can get some rice and 
Yeah. She's like, no, those are moms. Don't don't sell them. And you're just like, fuck. Yeah. Like it, all of this is just so tough. Yeah, and like like you said, he's doing the big brother thing. He like takes her to the beach. Um, we get like a a brief little flashback of like them with their mom at the beach, and like we see mm-hmm. like them when they were like obviously a happier family. Um, oh yeah. But then Chris, we like like you said, they they sell the kimonos. Or she sells the kimonos, I should say. Um, and they get some rice. And uh, obviously Setsuko's upset because these were their mothers. Um, Which, by the way, she only gives them like a small port. Like, here, this is your share. The rest is mine. And yeah, it's this like... is your share. I went, oh, my God. When she said that, I was like, okay. And like... it's all downhill from there with her. Like, gives them pretty much like the bottom, like the gruel, essentially. Like you, like you were saying before we went on the air, that uh, like – she gives like all the good food to her husband and and daughter and like gives them just like the 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 soup bones and the broth you know what i mean yeah that's something you kind of got to pay attention to like if you're not if you haven't seen this movie before like she is giving them like the potatoes and all the good stuff like all the chunks of the soup really and she's Mm -hmm. giving setsuko and seta like the broth and you can tell like the disappointment on seta's face when he like hands her when she hands him back the bowl and it's like Mm -hmm man mm, and then like we see liquid. we see another like scene where they're eating and it's like like Setsuko's sick of having like rice porridge and they're like don't worry we'll have rice Seta's like kind of reassuring he's like don't worry we'll have rice balls for for lunch or something and, and she's they, like no you won't no You're you'll have, have porridge for yeah, lunch yeah and she's like you don't deserve like what the what the good people who are fighting for this country deserve that's right they're out and there you're just a bunch of lazy bums yeah it's like She's just a bitch, man. <laughs> yeah, that that's she's just an absolute, absolute bitch. And she's like, Oh well, how about this? How about you guys cook your own meals? And then like so Seta's like Alright. All right, I'll take whatever money we got and they get like mm-hmm. a gotta get their own supplies and kinda cook their own meal for one night. And she's still a bitch about it. Oh, she's like, my. They just they bought an oven just to spite me. Yeah. They bought an oven just to spite me. And then her daughter's like, Did you scold them again? I'm like, Are you fucking kidding me? Like, are you all just this evil? Like Oh man. God, this whole family man. Mm. But yeah. um Eventually we get to like the breaking point where Setsuko's like, I don't want to live with her. Um and Seta and her, they're kinda like they find this, like, I guess you'd call it a bomb shelter is what it is. Yeah, it looks like an abandoned little shelter, like, under a, under a cliffside. Yeah, and they basically decide that this is where they're going to, like, make their own new their own home. Like, they've got, they got some money from their parents that it's in, like, the bank. Um, and they've got, like, a stove. And they bought, like, some, some various, like, pots and pans, you know, stuff like that. Yep. And they kind of... they, like, pack their, they pack their shit up and they're like, well, we're leaving. And her aunt's like, okay, goodbye mm-hmm so fucked up man doesn't even care like, doesn't even try to like, like make amends or any like yeah nothing um and yeah they, unreal they kind of just make their own makeshift home um and then over the course of the next 45 minutes cody we get to watch them just slowly starve to death yeah it's very 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 tragic here um we do get like obviously we get the the classic scene where it's like out. It's gets nighttime, and um, basically, Setsuko's scared of the dark. Um, mm-hmm. And so, Seta comes up with the idea. He's like, "Well, let's grab some fireflies, and you know, br- bring them in the mosquito net." And uh, 
they'll, they'll kind of like be like a nightlight sort of thing. Um, they get a bunch of fireflies gathered together, and it's kind of like really the iconic scene of this of this film, I would say. Um, yeah. Where it's like the last time you really see these kids have like joy on their faces. Um, uh, but obviously the next day they wake up and uh, like like the, you said in the, our intro, uh, like you said the line where like, why why do fireflies have to die so quickly or something like that? Um, and so she, they, they go out and they make a little, Setsuko makes a little baby, like kind of like grave thing for these fireflies. It's and, the name of the movie! That's right. And um, this is where it's revealed that she knows that their mother died as well. Um, mm-hmm. Which obviously makes Seta upset. Um, and then, like you said, Chris, we basically, they just start to run out of supplies. Like there's yeah, less, and, there's less, and, uh, there's like less and less food being available for people to get because people are only given like certain rations. Um, yep. And this is what also kind of helped put the timeline together. Cause, um, he's using what he can to get whatever food that he can get again. Like you said, food has been like the economy's in shambles. Everything is getting, getting put towards the war effort. Um, a, a losing effort, mind you, so that makes it more dire. So more resources are getting thrown at this war machine that is thin, which puts these people, your average citizen, in trouble. But here, here's where it gets gets crazy. There's a very, very heavy sense of like country and um, duty to your to your your emperor, your empire, and your countrymen. So. The crazy thing is, a lot of the people are okay with just this is what it's got to be. It's an is what it is type of thing. There's no, there's not really any pushback on any of that. So, and then the reason I said the the timeline is when he he gets a little bit of uh he gets some supplies and the guys and he's like, is this it? He's like, yeah. The the, the next set of ra- everything's rationed out until July. Um, so and they and he gives them like just. It's like a Ziploc bag of rice, basically. I mean, yeah, it is like a very minimal. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, they, they are running on fumes. So what we see here, is, and also we see, because of the mound, uh, malnourishment, you start seeing, like, these rashes and boils all over uh, Setsuka's body. Like, she's getting really, really sick. Um, and we're seeing uh, Seta start resorting to stealing. And what's happening is, is, because these raids are happening, when when the raid sirens go off and people go into the shelters, he braves life and limb and goes into the, the people's homes and just starts taking shit while right. they're while they're in the shelters. Yeah, he's risking his life, um, and obviously he's only doing this like he's a good kid, but he's only doing this for his sister. Um, exactly, exactly. And then like eventually, like when Setsi goes, she's like she's literally starving. She starts getting like more and more sick. Um, Seta actually, like, goes and he tries to, like, get some sugar, um, basically just to try to find anything that'll, like, make her feel better, uh, and he gets caught by, like, this farmer, and he, like, basically whips the crap out of him, and, uh... Yeah, it's like, I'm taking you to the cops, it doesn't, you know, you're, you know it's, it's wartime, don't you know you can't steal from people? Yeah, and, like, eventually we get to the point where Setsuko takes her to, or, when Saita takes her to a doctor, um... Yeah, and the doctor's like, yeah, you know, she's malnourished, uh, that, the, all, all the skin issue her diarrhea you know she's she's dehydrated because of the diarrhea but she has diarrhea because she's malnourished and we also kind of see it kind of like near the end of the movie what she was doing this i thought this was really really well done 
not to kind of jump forward a little bit, but we see that while Sato was gone all of those times, she's like eating dirt and shit like that because she's kind of like by herself. Yeah, it's it, like this is when it really gets tough um, because like as they're leaving the hospital, Sato's like, where are we supposed to get food? Um, yeah, he's like, give her some medicine. Doctor's like, well, she doesn't need medicine. She needs food. He's like, God damn it, where are we supposed to get food? And the doctor's like, next. Yeah, it's, brushes them off. Yeah, it's it, it's it's very hard to watch. Um, and then of course, Sato learns about his father's. Basically, that all of the Japanese Navy has been just decimated. Yeah, because um, he um, because right before that, like. Uh, uh, I've already forgot her name. Uh, Setsuko is like she's like in their shelter. She's like doc. She's like I, I or she's like I, when they're leaving the doctor. She's like I want this. I want all like she starts rattling off like foods and stuff that she wants. And he's like, okay, I'll go. I'll, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get us all of the favorite foods. We're gonna we're gonna eat. I'm gonna go get the rest of the money, and we're just gonna eat. Um, and. This this is one that got that gets me every time when she's like, I don't want you to leave. I want you to I, please stay with me. I don't want to be alone. And I'm just I'm just like, God damn it. Yeah. Like sniffing and like wiping my eyes. Like I know this was literally like two hours ago. I was going through this. So yeah, it's it's fine. rough. Yeah. So Sata, yeah. he basically goes and he removes all the money from their mother's bank account. Um, and he buys a bunch of food. He gets like a watermelon and just all kinds of stuff. And, when he and like you said, this is where you where you said, because he um he overhears these two guys talking, and the guy's like, oh yeah, well since the war's over, and say he's like, what we lost? Oh yeah, <laughs> complete surrender. War's over. Yeah, and uh... which puts us in August, by the way, because uh, like I said the bombings of Nagasaki and Hiroshima were August sixth and seventh. Okay. So we're about a little over a month away from him being dead. Yeah, and so he he rushes back to the shelter, um, and he basically finds Setsuko, and um, I mean she's like, oh, this part literally she's there. like sucking on like a marble, um, thinking yeah. that it's like a fruit drop. Mm-hmm. Um, which obviously we've seen this fruit canister throughout the movie, um, mm-hmm. and then she like offers him like rice balls that she said she made for him, but it's actually just and it's like fucking dirt. Yeah, it's, like, literally just balls of mud. Um, mm-hmm. So he, like, hurries up to cook. Uh, he, like, gives her a piece gives of melon. Gives her watermelon. Yeah, and, like... And then... Um, Looks juicy. Yeah, and then he, he heads out to cook, and then we kind of the camera just kind of pans back, and it he kind of goes into narration mode. He basically says, she never woke up. Um, and, yeah, that's... So, now, yeah, then he goes into... T- he's, like, laying there with her body for a little bit, and I don't know if this is, like, if he, he's laying there with her for, for days, or maybe it's just for the rest of that day, because then he goes into town and buys, like, a, um, like, charcoal and to cremate her. Yeah, which, I mean, I can't even imagine this, like, f- for a kid to have to do this, not let alone anybody, um, but for a kid to have to go through this, it's a very, a very tough watch, um. And yeah, he basically gets the supplies, puts her like in like a, a little box type thing, and like with her, like with her, her doll. doll and her pocketbook and her fruit, the little little canister. Yeah, he actually or, keeps the yeah. he keeps the tin to put some of her ashes into. Um, yeah, which is what we see, like we said in the beginning, like a, pe- a piece of bone and some ash pop out when the janitor throws it. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, he basically he's got that he's got the tin with some of her ashes in it and he's got his father's photograph and mm-hmm. basically it, it, he eventually leads up to his death at the the train station a few weeks later um, mm-hmm. which obviously he dies of malnutrition from starving like starves to death essentially because yep, he well. was kind of in the same boat this whole time and that's one of the one of the things that was really well done in this movie like she's starving to death you know he's starving to death but he always put uh setsuko first Mm -hmm. so it was just a matter of time before he just kind of fell you know succumbed to the same thing and like the movie just kind of ends like right there it's just their spirits overlooking uh modern day by modern day i mean like 1988 uh kobe Mm -hmm. and that's just where the movie ends yeah, very a very somber film, pretty much through and through. You get some oh, yeah. some moments of joy um, when he's like taking her to the beach and like just trying to make her happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, Chris, it is just a a very very sad film. Um, Absolutely. And um, now, granted, for a movie that's sad and tough to watch, it actually has a lot of critical acclaim. It's it's revered as probably one of the best uh, war stories ever mm. told and there actually is a live action adaption of this that was made in 2008 um i don't know where to see it i just know it exists oh really? um yeah might be something um, I'll I'll, to, I'll, I'll absolutely to, i'll have to dig through the the, the dark side of the internet and see what i can find absolutely because I, I would actually be very curious to uh watch it um but it has you know it, it's rated very very highly pretty much unanimously um so yeah man like it's it's critically acclaimed. It's a, a it's a Ghibli classic, but it is I, I we can't stress this enough. This is not just something that this isn't like Totoro or even something is you know is I don't I you know something like Mononoke, Princess Mononoke, which still has pretty somber like messages in it. This is you want to just be a fucking sad boy or girl. This is the movie to watch. It's and it's not it's it's just tragic right like but what's it's very steeped in in just how things happened back then just especially coming down the end of a world war like when you're losing you know everything just got so much more desperate there and you've also got to figure you know your ally literally surrendered six months prior but instead of you know you had this this really heavy sense of of country and and great that's just that's just how it was mm-hmm. you know that's why I, I was reading this thing apparently there was there was some some cultural differences when uh, you know like it was an understandable thing for him and Se- for Seta and Setsuko to leave their aunt's house but a lot of western audiences were like that's fucking stupid but there's again it goes back to this sense of pride and self and self-dependence and you know it's a very different mindset for this kind of stuff so like it, it's really neat to see how this movie was done but again it's like you said man it's very very sad and i am ready to move the fuck on from this yeah it's it's definitely just i mean it's just tragic through and through um there, there are a lot of a lot of great things about the movie um obviously like the animation for 1988 is very good um mm-hmm. But I think I, I really enjoyed the the music. Um, 
once again oh, the music's so great it's kind of something we always touch on that we really enjoy just the movie like the the movies and the animes that we get to watch like the music in this one is just once again top notch really sets the tone like really like this this is one of those animes that really just transports you to where they're at. It really puts you in the time. It really puts you in the mindset. Like you feel like you're there inside that shelter with them. Mm-hmm. It, it's just and it, the the music really lends to the ambiance of the whole thing, and it's just just so well done. Yeah, it definitely is. And I know we only touched like on most of the key points because the ending, like like you said, the last forty five minutes is pretty tough to watch because. Yeah, you just you just literally watch them slowly starve to death and steal to just make ends meet. Um, it's just sad. It's just the, like talking about it just doesn't do it the justice. Like you, this is a movie that as much as 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 long as as much as we keep repeating how tough it is to watch. Obviously, if you're listening to this, we we hope you watched it and cried along with us. That's but right. if you haven't seen it and you're on the fence, or maybe you're like, well, I don't want to be sad, you know, just I just do it. And then watch something happy afterwards. Yeah, yeah. It, it you can't truly understand how tough of a movie it is to watch without wa- actually watching it. And if you don't cry, you're just a cold son of a bitch. That's right, Chris. Oh. But yeah, that brings us to the end of Grave of the Fireflies, Chris. Um, I'm ready to move past it for something a little bit happier. That's right. Um, that ain't gonna be happy. We're not watching something super super happy next week, but we're watching uh, something a little science fictiony, a little post apocalyptic-y. Now, Chris, do you want to tell us tell us a little bit about it's? Is it Demon City Shinjuku? Yeah, Demon yeah, Demon City yeah. Shinjuku. Um, obviously, this is gonna, this is available on Amazon Prime, right? Yep, it is on Amazon Prime. It's a it's an anime from again. We're, we're going back to 1988, and. Um, the long and short of it, it's um, you kind of have this like battle, uh, like for um, pretty much um, an area of Tokyo because because of a um, a battle that was lost. Um, an area of Tokyo pretty much becomes like like the gates of hell open up and, be, and be, a part of it becomes like infested with demons. Um, okay. So pretty much the rest of it is the movie's about pretty much just trying to save the world from these demons eventually taking over everything. It's a very crude description, but it's a it's a an eighties classic. It is like it's one of those ones that like when you look at um if you were to go back and watch the old uh the old streamlined pictures trailer for all of the animes like Akira, Eight Man After, this is another one of those movies in that line. Okay. So, yes. so we'll be going over that next week, which is Demon yep. City Shinjuku, which you can yep. find. And on... it's a Amazon Prime, like you said. It's a relatively quick watch. I want to say it's like hour and fifteen minutes. Like it's relatively short. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Which, of course, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, I kind I kind of jumped the gun there, bringing that up. Um, but that's okay, Chris. We got to throw Grave of the Fireflies on our rankings list. Um, which, if if gotcha. my if my list here is correct, mm-hmm. uh, you have Metro Metropolis at number one, Knocking mm-hmm. on Heaven's Door, the Cowboy Bebop movie at number two, Totoro mm-hmm. at three, mm-hmm. Eight Man After at four, mm-hmm. um, Afro Samurai Resurrection at five, <clears throat> and then Seven Deadly Sins, Prisoners in the Sky at number six. 
That so, movie sucks too. So Chris, where would you throw Grave of the Fireflies on your rankings list? So, um, and I know I always say that I have like Ghibli movies in a class of themselves. I put this one at number one of that Ghibli ranking over Totoro. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably going to put this one at number two on my list. Um, okay, so in between Metro right, and right, Cowboy. Yeah, right behind Metropolis and right in front of Cowboy Bebop. That, like a hard number two. Um, it's a movie, again, I can't stress enough how hard it is to watch, but it's an excellent, excellent movie. Um, it's, pro- it's an anime that I've constantly gone back to over the years. Um, I, I try to watch it once every year, once every couple years. You know, I don't know why I feel the need to do that to myself. But I like World War II. I, it's such a really weird and neat point in history. And I watch this as much as I watch other World War II movies. They're, some are equally as tragic. So... Mm-hmm. Um, and because I like history, like I, I just this movie just checks a lot of boxes for me. So yeah, it's number two. Okay. If it had Ray Char- if it had a Ray Charles song in it, it might even be number one. <laughs> yeah, I think I I, I kind of debated this um, mostly because it's a movie I don't like to watch. Uh, yeah. For obvious fair. reasons, not not because it's not a great film or anything. I think I'm going to put it at number three on my list. I'm going to put it. Okay. Below Totoro and below uh, Knocking on Heaven's Door, the Cowboy Bebop movie. Um, and then yeah. right above Eight Man After. Um, mm-hmm. Like we said, Great of the Fireflies, it's a great film. Um, it's just a tough watch. Uh, yeah. I've watched it, like I told you before we started the cast, I've watched it, I think, five times in the last year. Um, just That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot of watching. Yeah, I think I've watched this film enough for at least a good... I'll give it a couple years before I, I go back to it. Um just because it's sad. It's just a sad movie. And um, I'm glad we got to cover it on the show. Um, obviously, it won the poll. Yep. And I'm glad to... Completely worth watching. It's always worth watching. And then when you're watching, you're like, fuck, why did I do this to myself? Yeah, 100%. And, uh... <clears throat> but I- I'm glad we-, we got to experience it and talk about it with you guys. And I'm glad to move on because I don't know... I don't know if there's... I'm sure there is. But I don't know if there's any movies that are animated movies that are this sad this like tragic um i haven't seen one honestly like uh, as sad as this one like metropolis has some moments right like Mm -hmm. for some reason i was saying earlier like i kind of gravitate to these tragic type animes and you know character driven stories um like i don't know if there's any like really crazy sad ones on that level but i know another one that kind of has a tragic kind of I don't know. I can't like maybe like where like where the 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 world is also the backdrop. Where like when I say the backdrop, it's almost like a character. The world you're in is almost like a character in the anime. Mm-hmm. Um, another one, and I, I didn't think about this one. I'd love to cover it with you. And you can, it's on Amazon. Uh, Jinro, the Wolf Brigade. Yeah, I've never seen um, that. Oh my god, dude! That's another one. Um, really, really good. <clears throat> that that one's relatively newer it was in 99 um just kind of give you a quick synopsis it's a um it follows a member of a special police unit set during an alternate history of 1950 japan i guess it was some uh some riots during that time um pretty much um it has to deal with um there's like double crosses and suicides and like 
you know, we're talking like deep cover agents, um, terror. It, it's it's kind of a fucked up movie, but there again, like the, this alternate this alternate history has a is a, pretty much a, a and there's a live action version of this, but like the anime is so good. Okay. And uh, the to put I, I guess the, the the iconic thing that people see are are the uniforms that the uh, the Wolf Brigade wears. They look almost like you ever played the game Killzone. Yeah, yeah. that's like where the the the, the way the, the I forget what 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 they're called the villains. Uh, they begin with a K. I don't remember what they're called, but so I was, I'm that, trying to remember what it was. But go ahead. That that look that they have, like that uniform. That's based on Jinro the Wolf Brigade. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, well, definitely, it, yeah. it's a movie. I'm assuming, yeah. right? Yeah, like as soon if you were to look up Jinro the Wolf Brigade, like the first image you'll see, and you'll be like, oh yeah, that's that's Killzone. Okay. Yeah, well, I'll definitely have to throw that on the on the future uh, future movie Absolutely. polls. Um, Absolutely. And, and actually, Chris, speaking of polls, um, since we're covering Demon City Shinjuku mm-hmm. next week, I'm gonna keep butchering that name probably, but um, that's okay. Uh, since we're covering that next week, that means we got to throw up another poll. Um, yes, we do. And so, Chris, I'll go ahead and read off my my two picks for mm-hmm. this week. Um, for the one that I have seen, I'm going to go with Angel Beats. It's mm-hmm. a 13 episode animated series. You can find it on Netflix. It's the one I have seen, like I said, and I really don't remember much about it. Awesome. Um, I've never even heard of it, so that'll be good. Basically, when I was like a junior and senior in high school, I was pretty much just any anime i could find i was just watching it and like blazing through it and mm-hmm. um it's just one of the ones that i don't really remember much about but i know i've seen it all the way through um mm-hmm. and i believe it's just those 13 episodes i'll definitely double check um okay but that'll be the one i haven't seen or that i have seen i'm sorry and then for mm-hmm. the one i haven't seen i'm throwing it back up there again <laughs> it's gonna be japan sinks 2020 um mm-hmm. i think it's 10 episodes another netflix one um just because i feel like netflix most people that are listening to the podcast, most people have Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. if not, well, we'll we'll try to throw in some Hulu, or some Funimation, some yeah. HBO Max well, shows. Netflix tried to ri- raise that price on people, so they I, might not. I know they're charging me. I think it's there. I think I'm up to like eighteen bucks a month now. Jesus Christ! I think um, money grows. Pandemic times, man. Yeah, come on, guys, get it together. You guys don't even offer the DVDs in the mail anymore. What are we doing? That's here? what I'm saying. I'll pay eighteen bucks if you send me some shit in the mail. That's right, Chris. Um, but what about you? What are your What are your picks for this week? So, we'll start with the one that I've seen. Um, I went. I wanted to because I've actually been wanting to watch it, but I, obviously because we do this cast, I try not to watch any anime recreationally except for My Hero Academia, just because I can watch that all day, every day. <laughs> um, I, for the one I have seen i went with helsing now i know there's helsing and helsing ultimate if that one wins we'll just cover them both so that's fine it'd be sim. we would probably do the exact same thing with full metal alchemist because there's regular and brotherhood um just to knock it all out at once um and for the one i haven't seen um i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and throw attack on titan back on the um back on the menu and uh, only because i've I, i've seen the live action movies but i've only seen a couple of episodes of the show it's just one of those ones that I liked what I saw, but I just got distracted doing something else. It's not like it wasn't like uh, like um, Demon Slayer where it was like I don't really care for this. Like I liked what I saw and I like what's happening, and I I didn't really care for the live action movies, but I liked the story that was trying to be told. So I think I'd like this. 
Yeah, just and a you've t- said nothing but good things, and everybody has said nothing but good things about the show. So yeah, the the anime I have nothing but good stuff to say about it. Um, now, now those live action films when when, Oof, when we get to cover those polishers. one one day on this podcast. Do we, do we have got, to? I guess we have to. Don't Chris, we? I saw those. I think it was, I saw one week one week, and then I think the other one came out. I want to say it came out fairly quick after the second one. Yeah. Maybe I, like a few weeks because I, I saw them both in theaters. My yeah, wife actually. I thought it was like, a few weeks later. Um, yeah, my wife actually took me to see them both. She paid and she was like, "Yeah, I got a little surprise for you." Um, I was like, "Cool," and I enjoyed. Like, I enjoyed the. I enjoyed. I think I like those movies a little bit more than I should because of the context of how I saw them. Yeah, when it when the first one first started, I thought it was going to be like I was like, "Wow, this is actually going to be like a good." anime retelling and then like as it as it went on i was like okay that wasn't the worst thing i've ever seen and then i watched the second movie and it was just chalk it (laughs) horrible um and then as far as helsing goes just to touch on that a little bit i've seen the original helsing but Mm -hmm. it was it was kind of around that time when i first got like netflix i think and Mm -hmm. dude i was just blazing through anime i was watching it was just trigun Mm -hmm. cowboy bebop um, it's uh, just another one of those animes I don't really remember much about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've it's... actually never seen Ultimate, by the way. Like I've seen the original Hellsing, and I love it. I absolutely love it. It's one that I have hold very near and dear to my heart. Yeah, and I like like you said, I haven't seen Ultimate. I might have seen one of them. Um, Ultimate's like a series of OVAs, I believe. I think so, but I'm not sure. As long as, long as it's got my boy Pal- Paladin Alexander Anderson in it, I'm good. That's right, and. Uh... So yeah, guys, that'll be our next poll. Uh, Attack on Titan, Helsing, Angel Beats, and Japan Sinks 2020. That poll will probably go live on Wednesday. So if you guys are hearing this immediately, that'll be today actually because I'm going to edit this and then put it out. Tuesday. I'm going to try to put the polls up on Wednesday just to kind of separate the posts from like our current episode to the polls. I know with our last poll, I actually kind of forgot to to post it. So So we had a 48-hour... Hurry up and vote, otherwise, mm-hmm. sorry about That's you. All right. um, but it was pretty much great with the Fireflies won almost unanimously. Mm-hmm. Outside of Demon City, had a couple votes, which is why we're going to cover that next week. Um, yeah. But yeah, those are your choices, guys. So um, we look forward to seeing what you guys choose. And uh, obviously, if you guys want to follow along with us, please watch uh, Demon City Sinjuku, which is available on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, you guys can follow us on our socials, both on Facebook and at Twitter, which is just at Shonen and Suds. Um, I know I talked about making that YouTube channel, and, uh, well, that didn't get done. Uh, you know, it's tough, man. There's a lot going on. There's you got a lot, you know, there's you know, there's a lot of drinking to do. You know, that's there's, right. There, there's sports happening. We had a you Royal know, Rumble. You work. <laughs> yeah, we had we had the Royal Rumble last weekend. Got Super Bowl this weekend. Eventually, Man. eventually though, we will reach out to our YouTube audience and really, we'll capitalize on that. I hope. <laughs> yes, it, we we promise. We promise it'll happen one day. We're just we're rolling it slow and steady. Wins the race. That's right. And um, but yeah, Chris, that's really all I have for this episode. Um, yeah, that's all I've got too, man. I'm ready. To, I'm ready to get this one behind us because I'm still just thinking about just grave of the fireflies and just how. It's how sad it makes me, man. Yeah, it, it is a sad movie. I mean, I remember I sat down and I like I I, I don't know if I had chips or I had like a bu- a bag of popcorn or something. And I just like didn't even want to eat it because like yeah, you can't snack while I'm literally watching children starve. 
Like, yeah. I'm just like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm not. Yeah. I'm just, like, I feel bad. Yeah. Like, I, I want to just reach in the TV and give them. This <laughs> I swear, man. Um, but yeah, guys, um, once again, we appreciate you guys all tuning in and listening and downloading the episodes. And um, that being said, that's all I got. I'm Cody Snodgrass. And I'm Chris Adams. Thank you so much once again for listening to us on Shonen and Suds. We will see you next time.